everybody. Welcome back to The Gods Will Not Save You, The Why Revisited. I'm Willie. Hi, my name's Jakob, and this is a podcast where we do a deep read into each episode of The Wire. Hey. Uh, hey, good to see you there, friend. Uh, oh, you know, I was just thinking about drafting a, t- a tweet that's like, how can anyone trust colleagues or people who use the word friend? Like, but I mean, we're, we're actually friends, <laughs> but like, you know, people call their colleagues friends. Yeah. Like, Hey there, friend. Yeah. It's I like, think, I think Gus called Scott buddy at one point. Right. Even though when he was like actively working to discredit him or just like prove him, prove it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just prove Def- that his suspicions are valid. He's defaming him? Yeah. Are you going to work to defame me after we're done with this? <laughs> no, man. I just really think you should do that apology episode that we keep mentioning. <laughs> okay, fine. Just, uh, you know, draft up a little pretext for me about what you think. <laughs> uh, Willie, I've learned today after a few years of knowing you, you're a pretexter, <laughs> which I didn't know is a thing. Yeah. Because uh, when I show up for recording at your place i text you when i have my things and i'm at your gate and you text me as soon as you hit this hit the block <laughs> even if you might not find parking for <laughs> who knows <how> long. <laughs> well, yeah. but that's why we're a good team we uh we got it you know we have our you know all lead all roads lead to my apology episode <laughs> uh no all- i don't That'll be a late edition, just like season five, episode nine of The Wire, late editions. Uh, Anchor.fm slash the gods will not save you slash support. I don't, we're probably going to like disband that uh, support mechanism after we are done recording, right? Or are we just going to still have people giving us money even though our our content well dries up? That's how you get wealthy, right? I mean. Yeah, okay. Oh, wait, no. no, that's how we help fundraise. I think that... We built the block. Uh, yeah, we should just leave it up in case, you know, someone uh, finds our wealth of knowledge and material. And until I do the apology episode, we're still uh, working on things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just am brainstorming all the things. Yeah. I need to go, I need to go listen it's going to be like when an MMA fighter has to rewatch like an episode, like a, a fight they lost, you know, like yeah. go back. It's like, oh, no, uh, can't do it. <laughs> I can't listen. Yeah, it must, it's going to be rough if we ever try to like go back and listen to some of these episodes. Um, but yeah, maybe, you know, after we're done recording, I'll reach out to one or two of the donors that I happen to know and just let them know that uh, you could stop now. (laughs) Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you. But we're, we're done anyway. Let's get into the content of this uh, episode. As uh, I previously stated, season five, episode nine, late editions and uh, Freeman and Sidner. Now that they've got a full and complete grasp on the code that, Marlowe and company are using, they realize they're closer than ever to making a major bus that implicates all of them. Oh, yeah. Fridner is really doing their thing. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, yeah. So 
So uh, Leander Sidner and Lester Freeman are, you know, they're clicking along and realize that they actually have something available to them where they got Truck and Dozerman staking out and Dozerman is freaking out, taking off his shirt because he's getting tick bites or whatever. And it's just some general chaos going on. Um, and then uh, we have the people rolling up to the resupply location at the warehouse and Method Man is in the car where they're playing a Ghostface Killer song. Well, Cheese, played by Method Man, <laughs> oh. is in a car where they're playing a Ghostface Killer song. So, Shazam. Yeah. I don't, what, what, are what, we going to get flagged for that? What's the time limit? On the, uh, uh, turns out, um, you know, I won't be apologizing for playing that. And I apologize to you for being all, uh, no, let's not include clips and provide our listeners with uh, very valuable context into our ramblings. Uh, it's definitely going to be much more listenable if we just have an hour and a half straight of just facts <laughs> and analysis. <laughs> Well, how about this and fact? How about these facts and analysis? Oh, okay. In this wire universe, the Wu Tang Clan exists somehow, but without Method Man, because how could Method Man be listening to a song that one of his colleagues has put out, but he's like also a drug dealer? Like, this is just another example of simulation. There you go. Time. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there because their uh, uh, their operation gets busted. Uh, I it's guess that's jumping ahead because um, they're busted because part uh, Chris tells on the Greeks. You know that that's that's the reason why he's like they're telling really dumb jokes in a language <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. About eating lunch early. Yeah. yeah, and they don't he doesn't like that, so he just says, Forget all this raw. Yeah. No, nah, that's not but uh that that was funny when they tried to tell like a tell him a joke. Yeah. And he's just like, No. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't even acknowledge them. He's stone faced. He has no sense of humor as far as I can tell. I suppose so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh so, okay, so yeah, man, crazy. Jump ahead, man. Go for it. All right, well, I'm just... We got, we got time, or we could just jump ahead. <laughs> well, in the middle of a rather contentious meeting that uh, Rawls and Daniels have with uh, Chief of Staff Steintorf... EBP, Evil <laughs> Budget Prez. <laughs> yeah, Evil Budget Prez, <laughs> about uh, the crime statistics and how... Uh, you know, the mayor needs it needs the rate to go down. Like this is a direct order. Be creative. And uh, just, 10% now. Yeah. And just as uh as uh that argument comes to a head, Freeman comes in and fesses up, quote unquote, about like all the information they have on Marlowe. Yeah, that was his fessing up. Yeah. Uh yeah, hey boss, I did all this I did all well he he's like Cedric, uh you know, we go back, so yeah. I don't need to, you know, call you that. 
It's uh, Daniel's thing. Uh, I hope we did a lot of great police work. Yeah, extracurricular activities. This has nothing to do with the coincidental flooding in of resources and cash that we've been privy to. (laughs) And we've been doing this all while this uh, other homeless serial killer investigation has been going on. And it has nothing to do with that. Um, Um, Yeah, that... (laughs) There's no coincidences in the wire universe. Uh, I mean, so. no, there aren't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean, uh, I apologize. I mean, not in, not in this instance, but we have like picked apart some, uh, you know, coincidences from seasons or episodes past that, upon like watching this for the umpteenth times or whatever, we start to notice little flaws and whatnot. But that's uh, neither here nor there. <laughs> No, we're not here to do that in our second to last episode. <laughs> uh, I've grown. I've grown so much. Uh, look, look at the proximity of that uh, street sign. Uh, <laughs> but da- yeah, Daniels is really just ticked off, quite ticked off. That uh... <laughs> Oh, get it? Six leg or eight leg oh, ticked yeah. off. He's eight legged bugged off that. Uh... <laughs> and where does spider fit into all this? Uh yeah, so Daniels is uh, insected off that <laughs> Carcetti and company are just ordering him to cook the books just like people in previous uh, administrations have or juke the stats. Damn, you've been listening to like Ghostface on the way here. You're like Carcetti and Co. cooking the books. <laughs> Present past. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, is that a Wu Tang shirt? No, no, this is the Green Knight. Uh, what? I don't even know. Uh, it's a movie that came out last year. Oh, nice. Oh, we're gonna talk about movies on this episode. Nice, yeah. Um, Sorry. But, yeah, it's like just interesting that Daniels seems so like upset that Carcetti's just like the rest of them. But then he's met with some really great news by his old buddy Lester. So he, you know, some of his faith is restored only for that to be uh, torn apart later on in the episode when he finds out the whole serial killer thing is a sham. So, yeah, man, just can't really catch a break. No one on this show really can. No good news lasts for too long. Yeah. What What about... um? Lester, when he actually did bust Marlowe, you uh, had a, you had like some insights or like your take, uh, or like comparing it. It's just the contrasting re- it. Sorry. I just, I just thought it was a really great scene the way they played it out because it is diff. Like y- you get a sense that uh, Lester Freeman is an entirely different cop than McNulty because I feel like McNulty, with you know all the bravado that he has, he would want to like call a lot of attention to himself that he's like you know talking shit to marlo just kind of similar to what he did with avon when he finally caught up with them and like showed the shoved the warrant in his face with uh lester freeman and marlo two characters that are rather famously quiet they don't they just exchange some like subtle little glances and some looks at the phone and the clock that he's using where Lester communicates that he knows everything about how they're communicating secretively. And it's just like, it's pretty brilliant. They saved a lot of room on the page because they didn't write any dialogue. Yeah. That's just everything you need to know right there. It's pretty fantastic. The way those actors pulled it off. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Would McNulty take the uh, the clock and start wearing it like Flavor Flav <laughs> yeah. or something like around town? Like, yeah, man, I got that ten to eight. Yeah, it's my trophy. <laughs> this trophy. Yeah. Yeah. Put it on the FOP uh, ledge lodge le- uh, lodge ledge. <laughs> yeah, it's going in the FOP though. Um, but I think it's rather interesting and. Kind of <laughs> we're like writing the exit exam right now (laughs) furthermore (laughs) secondly i think in conclusion it's kind of ironic so like jimmy is he it feels like it's a hollow victory that marlo's put in handcuffs because there's still all this like residual dysfunction of there being too much too many resources around to catch a killer that's essentially not there. So he's kind of like complaining to Lester that he feels like shit and like all these, you know, the detail and stuff. They're still like looking for and interviewing homeless people. And Freeman's just kind of like, it'll go away. Like they'll stop following it. Like they (laughs) always do. It's like kind of ironic, like up until, you know, this season, they've been railing against the fact that they do do that where they just kind of like, lose focus of the crimes that are, you know, being committed in the area. And like, they don't have the resources to look at them. Now he's like, you know, now they're, they're going to start doing what we've always not wanted them to do, except we want it in this case. And like, you know, the system's dysfunction is going to work in our favor. So just relax, man. It's all good. (laughs) We're going to drink with me. Yeah. Come on. That's going to be us Friday, Willie. Yeah. Drink with me, Willie. I don't know. Why do I like we just recorded the last episode, but why do I feel like shit? Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, man. Well just uh I mean chauffeur me home. <laughs> but drink a little before so you can have some wee fun. <laughs> no, yeah, kidding. get a no, road we, soda. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't advocate any of that or conduct yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just thought that was a that's a great contrast. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, for bringing that up. That is something to think on because, yeah, I mean, even me, like, and even me, <laughs> me, me, <laughs> I, I, an episode like in viewing past, um, nah, I probably didn't think about that because I was just like, oh man, they're partying. Like, let me go grab <laughs> another Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and like. Yeah. Oh, this show's great, man. Like, can't wait to go hang out with the bros and like, no, man, you're like McNulty. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. But anyways, thanks for bringing that to light. Uh, uh no pro I mean, whatever. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> uh, we don't really get, I mean, this is a really Lester heavy episode. Like, he's really shining through in all that he does. Like, uh, without even showing like the slightest sign of a hangover, he's like back at it the next day or a couple of days after blackmailing state Senator Clay Davis <laughs> and getting him to spill the tea at a bar yeah. while drinking with him this time. Yeah. He's showing Jimmy like that it can be done in a way that you're not, you know, destroying things. He can still go home to his lady, uh, Chardine and get things done and not get, like have a vague note left on the um, <laughs> table that's just like, uh, you'll wonder where I am, but okay. We all got tired after soccer practice and we had to come back home, unfortunately. 
Yeah. Uh, BD was in a tough spot there. Anyways, yeah, just my point here is, uh, oh, a bar scene. You had another nice insight or like catch that I want to, I want to hear more about. Uh, Lester talking with someone. Uh, Clay Davis is basically like letting him know like, oh, like if you really want to know about like these funny money trails we got going on in this city you got to look at like all the lawyers and how they're uh, advocating for their criminal clientele and this is kind of like opening up a whole new world to lesser in a way especially when uh clay davis brings up his uh connection to stringer bell and how like that's a whole <laughs> new level of corruption that they hadn't even uh considered before yeah so yeah, Clay says some interesting stuff there. He uh, pretty much, yeah. to get off the hook, he just kind of discloses that it's Levy who has the, uh, I mean, did you just mention that? Sorry. I'm oh, yeah. to... No, no, no. Yeah. I, th- I mean, he talks about how the lawyers are like the hidden. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, and that Levy's the one who's paying for the affidavits to come out of the courthouse basically, oh, yeah. which who would have thought anyways yeah important stuff uh if if you were wondering out there who could have been leaking these uh sealed indictments to people like prop joe you know it's levy Ooh. Yeah. anyways yeah you pretty much summed that up but clay's just a hard-working guy from walbrook junction yeah Do you don't have really any? Don't really. I did look it up after you, because if the notes thing is a little weird this time, I didn't do it my normal. Um, I didn't use the normal method because I was oh, in haste trying to get things organized, and I actually I ripped them up, oh. uh, thinking it was some old notes. So then I was like, uh, "It's in my notes. What? Oh, oh, they're in the recycling." Oh no! <laughs> so I tried to just like recreate what i you know inherently know from watching this show so many times (laughs) just you know i listened to one of our old episodes to get re-inspired and like invigorated to just (laughs) mash out this outline no i'm just but yeah i forgot to include the walbrook thing which i had in my original notes so you got me covered man i appreciate it but i don't know i mean it's just like i looked i just did a quick little search Prior to your arrival, prior to receiving your pretext, and <laughs> that's actually in the, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's not like Northwest Baltimore necessarily, it's like more in the Northwest portion of like the West Side, I guess, you know. Mm. Yeah, he's just, he's like local, you know. Yeah. All this stuff he talks about West Baltimore and Survivor, I'm sure, yeah. If he's If he's from that area, maybe it's not like as... It wasn't as hard growing up there as it would be like more of the close, like inner city. I don't know. It's all so, inner city. So but. he already has the fear factor. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> he mentions fear factor in the draft. Oh, oh no. Nice. Oh, he mentioned, oh, yeah. He, did he mention both fear factor and survivor? What? I always wonder how Rogan would tie into the wire. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> we got something to talk about when he invi- oh yeah, never mind. Mm. Um, let's go. Oh little, yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about uh, how but 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 bunk. Sorry, bunk. Oh yeah, bunk. got that whole homicide uh, charge against Chris Partlow. 
you know, he that's a slam dunk for him. And, you know, it's even better that it's not even related at large to like the whole Marla drug operation, but it's just gonna, you know, prompt some more investigation into the bodies in the vacant row homes and stuff. But, um, when you part low, bunk parts high. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and he gets things done. Yeah. He gets things done. And, uh, Jay Landsman thinks as much and gives him some credit where it's due, uh, back in the office. And he's kind of chewing Jimmy out in front of Bunk and Kima. Uh, And Bunk knows about Jimmy's thing. Kima knows about it, but Bunk doesn't know that Kima knows, and Kima doesn't know that Bunk knows, right? So they're all kind of keeping it quiet, but just like subtly throwing shade at him. And even though uh, Bunk was kind of reliant on the extra like resources and manpower that was laying about because of Jimmy's lie, but Kima wouldn't have even dared to take on that sort of a tactic to her advantage. <laughs> so yeah, just an interesting little mesh of personalities there. You yeah. got a halfway crook, a full on crook, <laughs> and a nun. <laughs> Uh, wait, who's the nun? Bunk? No. Kima. Okay. <laughs> I mean, she I didn't. Mean, she, she didn't point to Weebay as one of the shooters from the hospital bed. You always knew she was gonna be super straight laced when it came to police work. But you just called her a nun. But I, I recall, like, yeah, we had the soundboard or, or callback. You were like, you said something like in one of your like, like rap, like your monologue type things. You were just like threw in, yeah, she's like very sexually promiscuous or like some sort of phrase or something i'm like uh, yeah in terms of her personal life no but like in her uh in her police work she's like one of the most by the book cop characters if not the most she's like uh this is how you you uh beat someone after they punch your colleague (laughs) uh manual uh j section three uh you know beating up bodie okay yeah, that's well, right. whatever. That, that was pretty. That was pretty corrupt and bad. Well, the way they know. just engage in casual police brutality like that. But a yeah. depiction versus endorsement. <laughs> yeah, <I don't> know. <laughs> I'm like walking down the street. Like, should I record this uh, act of uh, depiction versus endorsement? <laughs> uh, you know, the wire. Yeah, it's a fine line. Okay, I'm gonna go uh, buy a. I'm going to hang out with my friend with our dinner trays. Uh, <laughs> hey, these dinner trays are great for recording. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, it's like people, that, like someone found this and they're asking me. Like I was all like nervous. Like, oh, what are they going like, to? No, but how do you do it? I'm like, well, first you get your bud and uh, and you get a sturdy dinner tray. And then you uh, you just hang out and you're like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, but yeah. Kima shows her ethical uh, fortitude. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, yeah. very uh, sturdy uh, <laughs> foundations uh, <laughs> like our dinner trays. I mean, uh, and apparently Carver felt horrible going to the you know higher ups about Calicio. Yeah, which is like, ooh. would you? Oh, yeah, it's like that's so obnoxious. Oh man, I, I just I felt terrible just doing what you know. Great guy, that guy, Sergeant Calicio. But he felt like it was the right thing to do. 
which is basically like Kima is, you know, basically telling Carver, like, you need to coach your guys and let them know to tell anybody that they had no idea what was going on. Basically, you know, Carver doesn't know the exact details of Jimmy's deception, but Kima is basically laying it out that she's going to go tell Daniels about she's going to snitch on her friend. She's going to snitch on her friend McNulty and she wants uh McNulty. she wants validation from Carver that she's doing the right thing. McNulty was never my friend. Oh. That's what she she's like. I remember those trips to Dumfries, Virginia. It's weird. He smells. No. <laughs> I don't know. Uh he smells like sex. <laughs> uh, also, one more thing, Lieutenant uh uh, what, what is he? Deputy Commissioner Daniels? At this oh, yeah, point? yeah, yeah, yeah. He smells like sex. <laughs> nah. Apparently, Dominic West used to have wild pool parties at his uh, apartment complex near where, you know, where he lived during <laughs> the filming. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> uh, McNulty, you know, he had it coming. Yeah. Greg's, but... I, I, I mean, it's not like she's going to get ran out of Baltimore. Like, at the end of the day, they're just going to party, right? right? And be like, oh, <laughs> he broke the law. Yeah. Let's just have a drink. <laughs> Slap <laughs> on the wrist. Yeah. But Cedric Daniels and Ronnie Perlman are almost kind of in disbelief about this whole thing happening. <laughs> disbelief. <laughs> so uh, they go to evidence control to double check uh, what the phone number is that they had the wiretap on that they thought was a serial killer and they go to evidence control and they find august polk from the first season who uh had a terrible alcohol abuse but is now landed okay quote unquote in the evidence control unit beats working so yeah thanks for covering that detail because i was at a loss you know i was kind of having my moment earlier today i was like i can't yeah, it's the guy. I can't remember. It's the guy who almost threw himself down the stairs. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the other, the guy that didn't get the shit beaten out of him by Bodie. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. guy's out at his maybe still thriving, or maybe the recession destroyed <laughs> his brother-in-law's video shop, porn, <laughs> porn DVDs shop. Uh, right? Is that where Mahone was going? I think so. Uh yeah, but it kind of dispels the narrative of like this, uh, the, uh, these type of, you know, departments or little entities within the department are reserved for those who do like something outstanding, but also <laughs> something that, you know, management or the, you know, the commanders were not pleased with. Cause like, <laughs> you know, he was a very average or just non like existent right. police officer, whereas McNulty and Lester were like these out of the box geniuses yeah. and they were, you know, banished. So, yeah, but yeah, it, I mean, it goes back to uh, what they were talking about in the first season, you know, even in this episode with O-Dog <laughs> being forced to uh, go to jail on behalf of the organization. It's like when they fuck up, they get beat. But when we fuck up, we get pension. There you go. <laughs> Good. Good stuff, man. Really fun. Um, Really fun stuff we're talking about. (laughs) No, I mean, this is is good. But yeah, they Um, discovered that the phone number they had for the homeless serial killer was faulty and did in fact belong to Marla Stanfield.
what if they uh so they what did they uh they whatsapp marlo's uh phone and then what happened after that well because they they (laughs) (laughs) come on man you want to communicate with me get whatsapp (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Marlo just had WhatsApp. It's like a very secure way to uh, launder money to uh, what? <laughs> WhatsApp wasn't around back then. No. Yeah. yeah. No, it wasn't. Sorry, I'm just a little loopy. We don't often record here. Oh, uh, that's okay. Um, but yeah, so as we mentioned, previ- you know, let's move on to uh, what's going on then in the Marlo sphere. Oh, Damn, I gotta stop doing that. Like this, this project litters me. Oh, oh! You say something funny, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Instead of just being, just shutting up. Oh no, I do it too. It's all good. But so, O Dog and Snoop are meeting with Levy, and like as we talked about, they're talking about how many years O Dog will have to take in regards to like the guns that were pulled pulled out of the truck and whatnot, and he got injured. Did he get in? He got injured while on, on yeah. the Omar shootout with Donnie Andrews. Is that why he's like? Oh yeah, he was crutching. injured. Injured bad. Yeah, he's injured bad. But this is like Snoop is sitting in the same room with the cop that just a year ago, like, <laughs> yeah. pretty much like terrorized her at a traffic stop. Like, how much? Lo- like, get a different lawyer <laughs> at this point. Like, and that's another thing when they're like thinking, like, oh, who could have leaked the information? Who could have leaked it? Like, am I? Is like, is it the problem with me? Yeah. Like, am I stupid in thinking like, oh, like maybe like the cop who has like a really big grudge against you, who's now working for your lawyer had something to do with it. Like it couldn't, it could not have been that, that meathead cop who was like shooting the nail gun off right next to my head. Like (laughs) just being like, what, what is this? You know, (laughs) why couldn't couldn't be, he has no vendetta against (laughs) like the black community or criminals. Why aren't they more suspicious of him? I don't get it. Help me understand. Like they, out of all the information they're able to access, they couldn't figure out that like if he was willing to like uh, jack up a a preacher, you know, that he would yeah. also like leak info behind their back to the his buddies. Yeah, not to mention, yeah, he's still fraternizing with Carver, <laughs> like, right? And he's just like, "Come on, give me, you know, give, give me beer, mini beer, <laughs> yeah. uh, and also praises." But yeah. uh, is Levy telling them something, you know, right before, you know, the scene or whatever, like, you know, obviously outside of what we're able to see that what we're able to see <laughs> yeah. that this is all like uh, attorney client privilege, like what whatever happens in this room, yeah. you know, he's liable, like basically like he can't speak on what it's basically like St. James, the Redeemer or like, yeah. like one of Wayland's, uh, you know, meetings, like her cannot say anything outside of these doors. Yeah. But that, that doesn't make sense either. Cause he obviously he does. He does. And then yeah. he basically, I mean, he tells, I mean, he, he helped out Carver at one point, but then he's helping Levy out in this point, in this episode too. when yeah. he's basically like letting him know that they had a wiretap on the phone. And like, yeah. Not for me though. Can't, the number can't come. <laughs> I'm surprised he still doesn't dress in tactical gear <laughs> to show to his job. Like, what? How did he get him to wear a suit? You know, yeah. like I, I'd imagine he uh, he would be wearing his like empty holsters or something. Like, look what they took from me. 
Yeah, he's making that money though. He can buy rounds for his friends. Um, that's fun. Yeah, that is fun. Come on, drink with me, car, uh, Willie. <laughs> 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 no. Yeah, but uh, let's see what else. Do, I mean, uh, they Mike and Snoop and O Dog watch the bus from Michael's apartment. Uh, maybe I mean maybe got a plasma. I mean. <laughs> If, you know, eventually he takes Bug away and that's like the best Dookie can muster up. Like maybe aunt's, auntie's got a plasma yeah. just like the apartment that we just that we from. just watched Big Drug Bus on. Yeah. Watching like what, like imagine, in, you know, out here in California or SoCal, like especially since, you know, we moved here, reestablished, yeah. trying to like reestablish ourselves or, I mean, just... Uh, reinvent our um, uh, hide from no. uh, <laughs> it's like, from the law yeah it's like culturally you know something that I've learned especially when I didn't have cable or when we moved out here it's like watching car chases stuff like that it's it, it's entertainment in a way it's <laughs> you know it's depressing that's like the state of you know what we are exposed to and view as like a culture <laughs> like culturally or like as a society but anyways you know, look at them though. They get to watch drug bus about like their friends, you know. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, they're they're concerned. But I love how old dogs are. Oh, I guess I don't have to take that uh, those years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I yeah. feel like he could get killed for just talking out of turn. Yeah. Like that, though. I'm surprised Snoop just didn't like shoot him right there on the couch. Like I'm, yeah. I'm getting tired. Like. I mean, if they're if they're like that ready to kill Michael over like even the possibility that he could have snitched at some point, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, one wonders how easy it would be for O Dog to be disposed of. Uh, he doesn't want to do his three years after being shot, like his kneecap blown off. So <laughs> yeah. what what else would he be willing to do? Like <laughs> go to the movie with friends and talk out of turn. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think about uh Jamie Hector's performance? It's pretty iconic. Yeah, I'd this love is, to hear your take. It's a really famous Ah, you just perked up. You I put you to sleep almost <laughs> with my analysis. <laughs> or maybe it's the magnesium that you took early, you know, a pre uh, uh <laughs> Almost, uh, we're going to get you out of here to bed, okay? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Marlo, <laughs> Cheese, Monk, and uh, Chris Partlow Ooh. are all uh, being held in jail. And they're trying to uh, come up with, uh, you know, they're theorizing on who could have snitched and, you know, blown up their whole spot and whatnot. And then, like, word. Somehow or another gets out that Omar has been going around calling Marlo a bitch. And we see Marlo pretty much raise his voice for the first time in this whole show where he yells at his company for uh, for uh, not taking action that his name was being besmirched like that. And, uh, you know, there's been a, quite a lot of uh, talk in, like, interviews with Jamie Hector where he said, like, oh, yeah, the director's... They were coaching me on how this could be like a corporate board meeting and like how, you know, 
the CEO of Pepsi would get really mad if somebody was going out and saying their product tasted like trash or whatever. So it's just like, <laughs> you know, this is him. Just like Papa John, just like, what? <laughs> my name is... My... Oh, uh, t- strike, strike that from the record. Uh, <laughs> but he, I mean, he's so concerned with brand, whereas the Greeks are just like, you know, my name is not my name. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's he's all, you know, he's about that money. But he's also all about that <laughs> reputation, and he doesn't want to be uh, emasculated by a Robin Hood's declar, you know, street corner side declarations or whatnot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think of that speech that Marlo gives? Like, it's when people can't. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, it's like selfish uh, intentions here or whatever. But like, you know, people can't say my name or like spell it. And then I just <laughs> always like think about what if I just flashed on them? Like what's a Marlowe? Yeah. Uh, you know, my name. <laughs> okay. They're like, shut up, man. <laughs> Either you, they, you ain't Marlowe. They're like, you need to like change your name to something that people can easily pronounce. What the fuck you know about what I need, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> you said it best. Talk. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, now it's like your rendition is uh, <laughs> what I might think. <laughs> but yeah. it's just pretty terrifying to know that Jamie Hector has been holding that in all this time. Like, oh, yeah. He said, I mean, I, I feel like. When this was first aired, there is a lot of, you know, talk being thrown around that Jamie Hector was just kind of a monotonous performer. But no, like he's always been really great. It's just like his character has been the one to be holding it all in in case somebody ever calls him a bitch. And then like that's when he really flies off the rails. Tremendous acting here. Great stuff. Like, you know. Uh, Marlo, just can you take five deep breaths, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought he was gonna like uh, punch Monk. That would have been nah, but he like I nah, feel like he doesn't too... want to get his hands dirty. Well, he does in the very next episode. Oh, I don't know. Stay tuned for the next. Uh, and it's just funny how Chris is just like, man, Monk's stupid. You yeah, know? just like this guy. Because I mean, Chris was getting a little like. He was getting a little hyphy last episode yeah. where he kept slamming car doors like, ah, Nissan Armada uh, trunk. But, uh, you know. Wait, does anyone talk about... No, no one cares that uh, Sabino's dead, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. messed up. I mean, he was just a flash in the pan with the Stanfield organization, really. Yeah. Like, he was Barksdale. Five Deep Breaths is in, uh, that's in reference to the incredible Seath Man short film oh, yeah. that he directed with Jamie Hector in the lead. It's great stuff. Yeah. Um, but let's, uh, yeah, so Marlo Rage is. Naaman is doing debate thing far away from Mikey Mike Dukey's world. Uh yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's about that's that's a very accurate. Uh, I mean, yeah, you literally read like a little uh, abbreviated note that was written 
by our producer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks. Uh, but I, I don't know if this is where it fits in, but, uh, you know, yeah. Mike's now got all this, like, the weight of the world on him almost. I mean, he's got to his deal. baggage, really. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess to Willie, the weight of the world is baggage. Like, I can't believe that one time that uh, Delta made me pay that extra fee. <laughs> The weight of the world means baggage. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's dealing with a lot. On top, on top of all that, now he's gonna have to deal with uh, it's like some murderous psychos coming after him. Yeah, even though he, you know, he's hardened. We're gonna talk about that, but yeah, Naaman, you know, he's like in a city debate contest. Yeah, Carcetti's there trying to score some points, sort yeah. of. What is yeah, he doing? Yeah, it is weird. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just go like he's going there maybe not even cognizant of the fact that Bunny is going to be there with his adopted son, but I'm assuming this is just like all part of political stunt and we have this nice little moment where the deacon is whispering in Bunny's ear like, "Oh, look at what happened. Like, look at how good this uh, guy has turned out." And he's like, "Well, if I had his gift for speech, like I could have really done something." And I just think it's kind of neat that the deacon is like commenting on this because like Naaman, as we had previously thought, was kind of like an irredeemable character and was very annoying and like did lots of destructive things. But now he's like, you know, like Cuddy, a picture of like reform done right or whatever. So it's just like, is this kind of like interesting that Melvin Williams is like commenting on this, like as a reflection of like, what he went through in his own life. I mean, Naaman is not as extreme of an example as what little Melvin did, but do we mm. see some parrot, like some Maybe. opportunities there to put some real life juju in there? Maybe. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as in like, yeah, maybe the cops around little Melvin, um, would have just like, took him under their wings out instead of like, Hey, this is how you bribe us to uh, keep <laughs> selling drugs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they kind of had their own, like where, where Colin messed up is he could have just like had his little hamster dam, but also made a lot of like the pension would have not been a thing because he could have just had them have to pay him off, you know? Yeah. And look the other way. <laughs> yeah. That's where he messed. Is that what you're trying to add? No. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, Naaman seems like, um, you know he's doing a good thing there yeah he did. <laughs> after all the yeah after just being a huge jerk and being the heel is that what you got no yeah 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 i mean he's always like starting fights he can't finish and just you know antagonizing people and uh now he's gone from telling uh bunny to you know fuck you numerous times to discussing facts about hiv aids in africa Dag, Mister C, you know the mayor. Uh, yeah, that's a, and and that's a another dag, and like Dookie's dag is when he's getting a razor wire in his thigh for like trying to steal scrap metal. <laughs> yeah, and, and Naaman's dag is like, oh man, rubbing elbows with the mayor. But it's funny. That's why I really wanted to insert this little talking point. Is the main like points surrounding name and like he still calls uh <laughs> colvin mr c <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he I, I bet you he wrote that into like uh into the agreement like <laughs> like adoption papers or whatever yeah. like taking over uh you know custody's like 
Well, this kid uh, called me Bunny once, like, made fun of my nickname, so now he has to refer to me as Mr. C, and if he does not, he will be immediately remanded to CPS. <laughs> All right, he, well, he did say he was going to cut his balls off. Oh, yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's probably worse. Ooh. Um, that'd but, be, I mean, that'd be wrong on a lot of levels, but yeah, yeah Naaman's like, who, you know, the show, they just like love to tip things, uh, you know, turn things on their head. And out of all the kids you met, we saw, we met in season four. Did we think that uh, Naaman would come out on top? I don't know. Yeah. But, I don't, uh, I don't, maybe I'm missing the whole point of the show. It's not like as defined as that. It's like all I mean, a gray area, but I mean, he did seem pretty doomed. Yeah, but there is like no good, no bad, no evil. Yeah. Everything is just like screwed. <laughs> yeah. No good, no bad. No apology from Bun no apology from Carcetti. No. Is yeah. gonna soothe uh Bunny's uh wounded psyche. Uh and the whole thing about uh, you know, Carcetti kind of shitting all over the uh drug legalization fiasco. So they leave with no kind words between them being exchanged. But no big bad words. Because <laughs> um, Miss Colvin, oh, I forgot her name. Car, no. Yeah. I've been making up names all day. So. But she caught, she, she urges restraint <sighs> on like, behalf. We already lost that one pension. And uh, <laughs> let's just not make any more issues here. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, man. It's funny. But, I mean, yeah, who would have thought that Nemo would turn into a debate bro? <laughs> debate me, bro. <laughs> his his YouTube channel, it, I'm sure it thrived while he was in college. Yeah, definitely. Um, but getting back to some of the other boys of summer, Mike is uh, enlisted by Snoop to go kill Skinny Walter on Calhoun and Riggs in connection to... Uh, the spate of lockups that have been happening recently. And initially, or right away, Michael's bullshit detector goes off because of all the education he got <laughs> from last season. <laughs> you know, putting, you know, using Prez's logic uh, <laughs> and Chris's insistence that he shows up to the job site early. <laughs> Yeah, an so hour he, early at least. Yeah, so when he, he shows up early, he sees that Snoop is in fact talking to Skinny Walter and perhaps uh, plotting Michael's own demise instead of the other way around. Yeah. So they're going to... like what What is... So she's going to take him to the corner and then they're just going to shoot Mike? It's a, yeah. Like that's what I didn't understand about the, and it, it was Walter or Walton. I don't know. Doesn't I don't, it's I neither it, here nor there. I sorry, I'm sorry. I thought it was Walter. We're gonna have Walter Gate here. <laughs> uh so the the yeah, I saw that in the, you know, truth be told, which I wanna get to in a second. I got something great. like anyways, it's like uh yeah, she was dis Snoop was discussing this plan with uh, you know, Walton or Walter before so she wasn't just going to take him to she was Snoop wasn't just going to dispose of him like 
singularly like it, it was going to be more involved like a setup you know yeah it seems so she didn't have to get her hands dirty yeah it seemed like i i i i think that part of the 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 brilliance of it is that they leave the audience in the dark of like you know what she was actually going to do to get mike killed but we just know that from the get-go I mean, how snoo- how obvious does Snoop have to be? Like, no, don't bring your gun. We're going to have a ghost gun for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, straight from the Greeks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Mike ends up killing her. That, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happens, man. That, that, that was a... Uh, I remember the first time watching this show, I was a little surprised, but not like that it happened right then so quickly. Because I was like, how... You know that, like he's in an enclosed car. Yeah. You know what? Won't like all the evidence splatter on him? I don't know. Yeah, but he had to do it, I guess. No, nah, yeah. I'm not condoning. I mean, you know, it's like he spent a lot of time together. But yeah, Snoop said he he would never be one of them. You know, he was too, you know, independent. Dare you say he had his code? <laughs> but he was smart. He's he is smart enough to figure out, but dude, check this out. Another famous scene. Yeah, uh, what do you think about this? This is from Truth Be Told. Come, uh, you know, we've talked about it. If you know it, you know it. But so this is uh, Carrie Ann Oberdalhoff, a lifelong Baltimorean and granddaughter of a Sun Papers delivery truck driver was a devoted viewer of The Wire and not sad to see Snoop go. I levitated in my chair when Snoop got it, said Oberdaloff. If only because I'd never have to hear her. (laughs) Uh, I levitated in my chair when Snoop got it, said Oberdaloff. If only because I'd never have to hear that grating shit-in-her-mouth voice again. Man... I had a raging hate for her. <laughs> why, wow! Why, why did they include this excerpt in the in the uh, one what's looked at? Uh, you know, as one of the premier resources or you know uh, works on the wire. Yeah, it's uh, like some random passage. By. Yeah, it's like this is this is what we thought about the end of uh, season five. And this was in the breakdown of this episode, and and truth be told, so huh, I wonder why, uh, you know, o- Miss Oberdaloff uh, <laughs> thought <laughs> she couldn't stand her accent, uh, <laughs> uh, other than you know, it's unique. Like it that just hasn't aged well. Yeah, thanks Rafael Alvarez for getting us that hot take, yeah, that hot ooh. scoop, <laughs> right? <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> But this uh, is a but, really, you know, famous scene for like how it plays out uh where, you know, Michael like up until the moment where he reveals he knows the scheme, he's like, "Well, what you know, why does Walter deserve it? Why, you know, he didn't de- like does he deserve it?" And you know, Snoop says, "Deserve doesn't have it's got nothing to do deserve ain't got nothing to do with it," which is a line apparently from Unforgiven, which is like a you know, Oscar-winning Clint Eastwood Western just hammers in the point more that they take a lot of inspiration from these Westerns. Um, But, yeah, and you had something about, like, uh, 
when she asks how her hair looks right before she dies, it kind of like humanizes her. <laughs> That's okay. I didn't. Uh, let, let's, we, let's say uh, that. Yeah, I did have a question, but you're kind of like, conf- I don't know what uh, you're doing. What's my <laughs> like? Well, you're putting words and you're putting you're putting some some words in my notes. <laughs> in my notes. No, I'm just saying. Was there some discussion? I just oh, I can uh, recall reading uh, all the pieces matter a while ago. Obviously, I've fallen off in my, uh, you know, it happens. I, I'm, I've exhausted my. Did you know? <laughs> well, I just, uh, you know, like was there something where Pelicanos wanted to put in a line and Simon was like, nah, I don't know how that will work, and then they just went with it. Or do you oh, do you recall? Do you remember anything about about this? I do not line. Rec- I do not recall. I'm sorry. Okay, got it. But anyways, it's like kind of it's like a really uh, iconic line. So whatever yeah. Pelicanos is, you know, he he will show up to write a death scene. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. But, like, how does he get us to even feel sorry for Snoop, who's been one of the most murderous psychopaths on this whole show? Like, right before she goes, she has, like, a moment of, like, hmm, like, yeah. I want to make sure my hair looks nice. Like, it's, it's fucking just, like, genius-level writing they got going on here. <laughs> I, yeah, definitely gave me something to think about on one of those Jameson nights. Oh yeah, back yeah. in the day, we discuss yeah. like now we're doing that uh, very sober. Yeah, good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so killing Snoop sends Mike into a bit of a panic where he's got to cover up all the loose tracks, and he goes back to the apartment where Dookie and Bug are watching binge watching the show Dexter. Oh, that that's what it is? <laughs> yeah, he's like, it's about a serial killer that kills other serial killers. And it's like, oh, okay. I never, it was out that long ago. Wow. I think it was just like another yeah. sly little dig at like our country's obsession with these oh, you know, yeah. cheap thrill crime shows. And we want to be, you know, uh, entertained by these sordid, titillating. <laughs> go off, go off. Stories of of sexual crime and whatnot. And we're all just upset. We're all in this. Uh, oh, let me go to the fridge and get another uh, beverage, another hot pocket for my TV, for my tray, <laughs> and watch this. Show. While they're on break, that ooh, that last uh, commercial break was quite a cliffhanger. I can't wait till they bring me back for more. Uh, <laughs> ooh. I love the Slexus ad. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, Yeah, man. Um, But yeah, so he seems much more panicked. Like that's how, like, much time they spent training Mike. Whereas, like, when he's leaving the car, the SUV, he's just calmly walking, and then he comes back to the apartment, like, all sweaty, ready to go. So it's like, as soon as he you know, got far enough away from the crime scene. He's like, all right, yeah. let's go. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't show like your, let's go you know, time. that, yeah, like any panic near the crime scene. Yeah. Cause then people would like all the witnesses out in that alley at <laughs> <laughs> one in the morning or whatever. Yeah. They, they know. Nah. Yeah. Great. But Hey man, it's all in the details and you, yeah, man, 
I, I appreciate your insight into the <laughs> <laughs> the habits of the average viewer. <laughs> no, I saw we it. get dinner trays to discuss, you know, the finer details of the show. It's something that the average viewer would never pick on because they're busy using their TV trays to eat little hungry man meals and watch their silly football games. <laughs> it's all good though. Um, but hey, check out our show. <laughs> but uh, this. This, uh, you know, this turn of events leads to two of the series' most devastatingly depressing scenes when uh, Mike takes Bug to oh, yeah. his aunt's house in Howard County. You, that? Yeah, because I wrote in Columbia and you hit back with some strong geo right there at Howard County. <laughs> and it made me remember, uh, I think this, is this an aunt he brings up in... In season four? Yeah, yeah. like, yeah, there's, like, come on, there's not... KKK, like my aunt lives out there. Yeah, Naaman was showing his ignorance a little bit in that. Now he could give you a whole, like, uh, <laughs> you know, slideshow about the, uh, you know, topic of uh, white supremacy in outer line uh, mm. counties. So. HIV AIDS epidemic. Yeah, yeah, everything really. Um, but yeah, Mike uh, has to give like a really sad goodbye to his little brother bug because sadly they can't be around each other anymore because Michael is too hot from all these murders. And then, yeah, bug doesn't even like really say anything. This whole scene, he's just crying the whole time. Yeah. Pretty brutal, man. Yeah, This is like when people talk about how this season sucks and blah, blah, blah. It's like, wow. Yeah. I don't know, man. Why don't you check yourself? Yeah, but, like he gives <laughs> he gives Bug that whole shoebox full of money to take to his aunt's house. Uh, he's gonna be like relatively. I mean, he's dealing with some trauma, of course, but we get the feeling, like in some way or another, that he's gonna land on his feet and it, it's he's gonna be okay. But then he drops Dookie off <laughs> yeah. with no financial resources in the middle of hell basically <laughs> literal hell yeah it's like walking into like, yeah man it's like i don't know uh this show does a great job of uh not like romantic i don't want to say romanticizing like these urban like type stables whereas yeah. uh idris elbow was in that movie about like the urban cowboys in uh, philly i still haven't his, seen that his son comes to stay with him for like a summer and then yeah like oh wow look at these like uh stables and everybody you know it's hard work but it's like still an environment where you can like cut your teeth and learn some life lessons and you know find yourself (laughs) this is just like (laughs) oil like old drums like on fire just like people shooting up in the distance uh brutal stuff man this is gonna be like on uh well, we have it scheduled for later this week, our last recording, and it's like, um, you know, if we need, if one of us needs a ride from from wherever we end up recording because we're, uh, you know, hanging out, getting sauce, having a taste, yeah, you know, we'll be like, all right, <laughs> like take you to the door. <laughs> <laughs> here's a uh, here's you can have my uh, my tray. Yeah, Jakob. Uh, <laughs> Do you remember last summer when we threw those urine-filled balloons <laughs> at uh, your slumlord neighbors and yeah. we had a really fun time and you bought me ice cream afterward? Yeah. 
Hey, do you remember that one summer where we threw water balloons at the AC Transit and then got caught and there were like pretty much no consequences and we both went on to, you know, live a life where we could pursue any anything we wanted? No. I you don't. you you I don't. <laughs> smartly you stayed home probably. <laughs> you were at the you were at a, you know, Shakespeare camp doing something productive. <laughs> I don't Not know. Not being a delinquent. No. But uh yeah, this uh yeah. This scene is brutal, man. Yeah. Poor Buck. Yeah. Uh, that's just going to be me at the end. <laughs> yeah, but Mike is hardened beyond uh, yeah. beyond any anything that Dookie yeah. can kind of fathom at this point, even though he knows, you know, he knows what he's up to, but he doesn't, like, right. really know Mike's been out there, like, shooting people in the head. <laughs> like, yeah. Killing... <laughs> Has like multiple bodies on him already at age fifteen. It's like such a loss of innocence. Like he's so far gone from, yeah. in you know, even having space and even having the bandwidth to uh, have this little cute memory of them throwing piss-filled water balloons at their rivals. I know. And it's like Dookie's like trying to like cling on to some last like far gone memory like just before he's about to go into the lion's den but like he's not even afforded that luxury of you know getting to have that memory to keep him comfort yeah super dark stuff here but it's also i don't know if you ever felt this way but i maybe maybe this was my first time kind of thinking it where it's like damn dude like dookie why couldn't you have just been like a better criminal like why can't you have just been able to shoot a gun or yeah be a drug dealer like imagine you know you you could have been mike's like right hand man and you're in his like come on man it was like you know he's basically gonna be the new omar like there's no shame in that yeah. like dookie could have helped out it would have been fun it's like poot said you just gotta go back out there and yeah. bang for a couple more years if he could have just escaped like whatever <laughs> remnants of like marlo's uh highly militarized organization for just two years yeah. I mean, come on like it's they got a whole city to to explore <laughs> yeah right <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. but anyways i mean and it's also crazy how you know it wasn't like the last time they they did the whole hack thing like the hood uber or lyft uh, yeah. they were going to they Six like flags. yeah like they were doing one of those fun like you know i mean this was like a different kind of uh you know entertainment involving potentially like water balloons or water sports like yeah. you know but nonetheless a kid thing you know fun thing to do but this time it's like he set that elaborate plan in motion to rent it in advance to make sure he had like a getaway vehicle to drop yeah. bug off brilliant stuff but it's like wow stark contrast to just a year ago or something yeah wow <laughs> And Dookie can't, like, even as he, like, sees that guy shooting up heroin, he gives, like, one look back, last look back to see if Mike's still there, but he's already moved on, so. Like, could he have, yeah. Yeah, could he have just, like, dropped Dookie off at uh, Cuddy's gym one more time? I know, seriously. <laughs> no, man, they give me work. I'm, I mean, I'm sure Cuddy would have, like, okay, I'll pay you $15 a week to mop the gym and you could like sleep under the ring. Yeah. I looked up Prez's <laughs> name in the phone yeah. book or something. Yeah. He could have been doing debates in no time. <laughs> no, he would have been in like engineering or like coding. 
uh, conferences. It's sad to think about, really. I mean, but that's what the <laughs> the show is trying to get us to do, right? Because Michael's just a kid too, and yeah. he's making grown up level decisions. Why that didn't he have catastrophic effects? Like, why didn't he have better judgment uh, in exploring Dookie's options? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Just casually has shoe boxes full of cash, like yeah. banded up. Like, yeah. Yeah, mm. man. But cash is trash. Okay. Uh, Imagine if Mike could have just invested in, you know, fortune the favors crypto. the brave, you yeah. know? It's like, come on. Mike would have been okay if he had that Doge coin. <laughs> <laughs> if he could have just hooked up with uh, Linwood, uh, could have been his pen pal from prison and just taught him all about the stock market. and Yeah. I make money moves. Dag. <laughs> but that's a little dark. Why don't we lighten things up a little bit by talking about the newsroom? <laughs> oh, man, we're, <laughs> we're moving along. Hey, these are like deluxe episodes. It's like. You know, we got something to say. This is our it's our chance to say it. Yeah, yeah. Gr- uh, Gus is welcoming. Gus is welcoming back Robert Ruby. Yeah, who uh, a, he was a foreign correspondent who's returning back to the Sun Desk, and he uh, was based on a real life Robert Ruby. This guy um, in the show played by Steven Schnetzer. And the real life Robert Ruby, I guess, wrote in, you know, wrote for the Sun papers and uh, wrote a book also called Jericho Dreams, Bruins, uh, Phantoms. Nice. So I don't know much about Jericho except for that guy who'd had that move, Walls of Jericho and WWF, WWE. <laughs> but anyways, it's like a book about Jericho, which is what I've learned in the West Bank, and yeah, it's so, about uh, archaeology and uh, the history behind it, and how uh, the Palestinians and Israelis are dealing with things. I honestly have no, <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. yeah, it's about how awesome the West Bank is oh, for goodness. Palestinians. No. Oh goodness! No, it's not. Um, it's bad. <laughs> but yeah, Gus has. Uh, Man, this is a watershed episode for Gus, too, because he has this guy uh, looking into Scott's uh, questionable reporting. And then there's like a couple other things. There's like uh, two or three other indications this episode alone that leads Gus to like firmly believe that Scott is all the way full of shit. So he's got, you know, his old friend looking in on him and like going through all his work um which is like apparently the biggest uh, insult oh really Raphael said that oh. and, and truth be told in the journalism world to have another newspaper man look like, through your shit yeah like a good church man oh all up in everybody's <laughs> shit yeah that's how i got it <laughs> ah. yeah or like a good accent with a mouthful oh <laughs> damn alvarez <laughs> But yeah, so Gus, you know, Scott says like, oh, it's going to take three weeks at least for the military. (laughs) So he goes to Walter Reed. He get, you know, the other guy corroborates that uh, Scott Templeton's story is full of shit. 
uh, Alma. But, but before we go forward, sorry. Is it the other guy or is that like, do they look like, are they brothers or is that the same actor as? Uh... I don't think it's the same actor. No. Is it? Because <laughs> I was like, is this some simulation stuff? They just gave him a new accent and haircut? Like, Uh-oh. No. no like, you have to. I think I'm tripping. And, and we're talking about uh, Manning and, what is it? Manning and Sean, no. Um, Riley and then Hanning. Riley, the guy with no hands. Yeah. Gunny swore as, you know. Wait, is it Wiley or Riley? Okay, Wiley. Just like uh, it, it was Walton, okay? It's not Walt. Oh, sorry. You're just thinking of Walter Reed, Walton Reed. Calhoun and Riggs, Walter. Oh, no, don't just... get me started on Walter Reed. I have a lot of oof, <laughs> dirt on them. Wait, skinny Walter Reed or the big nose Walter Reed? Um, yeah. So I, yeah, it says Michael Mosley plays Raymond Wiley. I don't think it's the same. Damn, they look. Do they not look similar to you, or am I tripping? I guess. Yeah, maybe. Um, but anyway. So yeah, it's like all this stuff is coming out. So the guy corroborates the other military man story that is bullshit. Alma comes to him and says like, "Oh, Daniels uh, says that we got it wrong when we said that um, you know he stabbed Burrell in the back." And then Narice Campbell mm-hmm. even says like, "Oh, I had like I have no idea what you guys were talking about. Like Daniels wasn't even on my radar." So like. Seems like Gus doesn't even really have to do like a lot of digging. <laughs> you know, uh, just take Narice out, you know, for brunch. At Werther's? Is that what it, the diner is? Walton's. I mean, Werner's. Werner's. Walters. <laughs> <laughs> Werner, Walton. Werner sk- Reeds. Skinny Werner Reeds. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that, yeah, he got it all, man. Yeah. He's got it going, Gus. Triandos. Yeah. So he's got all this intel on him now about how Scott has been a fake trout all along, even though like Klebanow and Whiting are really push, push, pushing for Templeton to get the Pulitzer consideration. Oh, yeah, that's like, oh, they got the power bait going for the fake trout right there. Yeah. (laughs) But I did send me off on a little bit of a like oh. rabbit hole thing. Yeah. Which, yeah. Sure. Sure. Do so tell. when Gus is, I think it's Jeff price. Is that the character's name? The other oh. journalist he's talking to about, um, uh, I can't, no, 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 that's not. Well, anyway, he's talking to a fellow journalist about like how he could get in with like the Walter Reed medical center to like go in there and talk to like one of the, uh, you know, wounded warriors or veterans or whatever. And the guy's like, oh, they like, you're a journalist. They're not going to let you in. Do you remember that uh, Washington Post expose or whatever they did like a year ago? And, you know, I was pretty young at the time. So this kind of like, I don't remember anything about this. I don't remember <laughs> specifically. So this reference kind of flew over my head until I went, did some looking into it. And apparently there's a whole uh, Wikipedia article about the Walter Reed Army Medical Center neglect scandal. Uh, it refers to a series of allegations of unsatisfactory conditions, treatment of patients, and management at the Walter Reed Army Medical Center in Washington, D.C., culminating in two articles published by the Washington Post in February t- 2007. 
cases of patient neglect and shoddy living conditions were reported as early as 2004. Soldiers suffering from traumatic brain injuries or stress disorders. Uh, others with amputated limbs have languished for weeks and months on end in vermin-infested quarters, waiting for a decision on their military status and a ruling on the level of benefits they will receive if they are discharged and transferred to the civilian-run civilian run Veterans Administration healthcare system. Um, there's a section in this uh, page that's just uh, labeled deaths, and it has some pretty like juicy details about some of the more catastrophic things that happened. Uh, in this time period. So uh, due to neglect and administrative mismanagement, one outpatient soldier at Walter Reed drank himself to death and two others died in a high-speed car accident even though the driver was supposed to be restricted to medical center grounds because of past use of illegal drugs. A therapist's mistake led to the death of another wounded veteran, according to Congressman Bill Young. Other Walter Reed-related deaths resulted from preventable suicides, avoidable drug overdoses, and murders that should never should have happened. Dude, get me the David Simon mini-series about the Walter Reed neglect scandal. <laughs> this is just like opening up Pandora's box. That's Dude, we got to do it now. Um, but what is what do you think that the therapist did? Because I just read that I'm like a therapist. Like, was it like here, hold my loaded like shotgun, or was it like, oh, uh, they should have been on meds and didn't didn't get it. But also the other like, so the guys die in a drug, uh, like probably drug fueled, like you know, D D W I D U I. Yeah. And then the, it also said like in building 18, which is like seems like the. Uh, the A Rabber stables of like uh, Walter Reed. You know? <laughs> they uh, they had no like security or anything, and there's actually like they said drug dealers hanging out on the premises. Wow! So like, what if the you know lack of uh, over like the lack of control or whatever uh, led to you know the drugs that yeah. were utilized in the. Uh, accident you know being sold like on the premises like yeah hey man i, I got this like, i got this. like they're just outside calling like i got those wmds shut up <laughs> okay sorry you uh, mean what if the premise of you know illegal drugs being sold at a veterans hospital yeah. uh leads to the idea of human life matters less and less every, every day. day like in what in which uh co-op like out in that area is like they're like you know you messed up, but like, you can still hold on to your territory at Walter Reed. Wow, that's really dark stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like they to make, uh, you know, disabled or like uh, deeply traumatized and obviously injured soldiers or like discharged soldiers have to uh, basically like revert back to their days of service and pull guard duty on their own uh, <laughs> like rehab facility or hospital. Jeez. It's like, geez, man. man. Slumlords. I mean, it's <laughs> even though that reference, I mean, they are slumlords, even though that reference like totally went over my head the first few times I probably watched this show. I'm glad that yeah. they put it in. Be, not only because, you know, it gives it a sense of place and whatnot, but it kind of highlights that, uh, you know, as uh, mm, militaristic as this country is, we're often always like shitting on the veterans, you know, 
after they're out of combat and when they perhaps need our help the most. And, you know, Scott Templeton lying on the article <laughs> is oh. just further proof mm. that, uh, you know, it's a different kind of neglect, but it still is uh, sacrilegious and when when you think about like what the the way our country like thinks it it it, it respects the armed forces exactly uh are we done with the news or? i want to see the next like nfl like whatever tribute they're actually just like have a camera crew and go to like a a facility that's been neglecting um you know servicemen and yeah. women and service soldiers people yeah. um, whoever muckraking nfl documentary yeah 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 um anyway you think we can move we can close things out with our discussion of bubbles bubbles celebrating his one year sober yeah just like soon, we're going to be celebrating our two years uh, of sober podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> good, good for Bubbles, man. Yeah, uh, doing his best, yeah. uh, even without plumbing. Without, oh yeah, he has to pee in his own sink. <laughs> yeah, well, his sister won't let him upstairs. Like, <laughs> it's like, but I, I wash it out. Yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> what else would you do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Fletch is really close to him now. Yeah, he's getting way closer to him than the cops ever could, and he's not offering up five, ten dollar little, yeah, you know, payments here and there. That's only gonna send him spiraling. I got five on it. Oh, it's so crazy to like <laughs> notice that he hasn't had any interaction with the police all this season, and he's so much better off. Yeah, because <laughs> they're not exploiting him. Yeah, he's thriving. It's like yeah. Uh, well, actually, okay. Still hasn't seen his kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has at least one, right? Yeah. But like, we never figure out. Yeah, we know. Uh, actually, Bubbles has not. He hasn't seen the police for um, 366 days. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah. day that he stopped seeing them. <laughs> All right, Bubs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ooh, one year clean and i mean yeah coincidences in the wire universe <laughs> i know we you know diverge from that statement mm -hmm. but okay uh yeah i mean his sister's been through a lot he tells fletch and it's obvious because he offers to make mac and cheese i will uh come on you're bet thank you <laughs> tastes good this is like yeah uh it'd be good to her even though it will be something simple because he, I'm sure, has learned, like, I mean, I, I'm sure he could cook, but, like, Viva House probably was also a good environment. Like, who knows? Maybe he's been trying out new recipes for this yeah. uh, special occasion. Yeah. Unfortunately, he can't, he can't get, you know, get on with it because I'm sure that, like, any appliance that he might use, like, to make mm -hmm. this hypothetical meal has, like, in the past, he probably, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, he probably had, like, it had to be replaced. So, yeah. we understand, uh. But it's still tough to see, you know, like that threshold in between, yeah. uh, you know, the final like healing of this journey. Yeah. But he's well on his way. What What do you think of the, you know, the scene at the St. James the Redeemer Church? I think. Yeah. Um. Sad. Sad. 
I mean, it's sad <laughs> and it's, you know, unfortunate that his sister didn't come to cheer him on. Yeah. But he kind of gives off the impression in his speech like, man, none of you picked up my phone calls, but I didn't get high anyway. You know, this is like, you know, Bubs is leveling up here. This is a whole new uh, chapter in his life where he's finding some strength and inner resolve that he didn't know he had before and some really powerful acting from Andre Royo here in this episode. Yeah, exactly. Always good to see Andre doing his thing. Um, and he also like the, any like short term gratification that would have come from, uh, getting high when, you know, he couldn't reach out to anyone. It now might be like replaced with, uh, you know, getting, getting, getting some new phone numbers from yeah, uh, right. crowd. You know, lady in the crowd. Like so, his restraint paid off to where yeah. now he might have a new, uh, new friend to yeah. to call on, and hopefully for you know a positive interaction. Right. I mean, it's good that this show, this show is uh, really realistic in setting up baby steps towards like success, like. Obviously, Bubs can't say the whole truth about like what happened with Sherrod in this moment, but we see that he's at least trying, and that's good enough for us now as the mm -hmm. audience. So. He's like, if I if I explain everything that went yeah. down, maybe sh you guys people wouldn't. Not. Yeah, <laughs> maybe sh maybe I won't get as, like her number. No, <laughs> no, nah, that's not his motivation. He's a he's good. He did a good thing there. Yeah. It could be his motivation. Shit, he's probably lonely. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with that? No, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um different yeah. Good perspective. Yeah. Um, your hair looks good, man. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't like read <laughs> from some bizarre excerpt like roasting on <laughs> on snoop and then we make jokes like that you know i can't i can't be as shocked like you know yeah. I, I guess I'll, in my apology episode i'll no. just reread it and go ha, 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 this is actually spot on <laughs> no yeah god dude. well if you then why don't we just uh end the episode here yeah <laughs> all right everyone uh it's been great discussing uh season five episode nine almost 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 there i can't believe yeah. it you know wow it's crazy uh anchor or no if you want to reach out to us yeah. on any of the social media uh we're at the gods will not save you on facebook twitter and instagram we'll probably you know post things still even after we're done recording yeah definitely and always uh would love to hear uh via email the guys will not save you at gmail.com that's uh another solid option for contact yeah. we'll probably still check it even though yeah. uh, <laughs> willie will still probably check because i'm terrible no <laughs> but i uh, know we're gonna have like a resurgence here you yeah. know gonna finish strong we are finishing so yeah all right. uh all right thanks so much thank you mm -hmm.